What's up, everybody? My name is Josh Biddick, and I am a Kind of Funny best friend. Right now, Kind of Funny is doing their up-and-comer opportunity once again, where you best friends get to vote on someone in the community that you think deserves a shot to work with the Kind of Funny crew for one week and gain a wealth of experience. We have an amazingly talented community with tons of people campaigning to be this year's up-and-comer. I wanted to sit down with them, get to know them a bit better, and share their stories. That way you feel more comfortable when making your vote for the next up-and-comer. Right now, I am sitting down with one such prospect who you have seen his work on many a kind of funny show, and even mixing it in when Nick calls him out for being lazy, even though he's an extremely hard-working gentleman, is the one, the only, Cameron Kennedy. Cameron, how the hell are you doing? I am doing very well. How are you? <laughs> I am doing well, myself, friend. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to sit down with me. Uh, thank you for inviting me on. Um, of course. Means a lot. Yeah, no problem, man. It's been a big couple weeks for podcasts with you, huh? Yeah, yeah, it has actually. Uh, first time I think I've ever guested on someone else's was uh, this past week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With, uh, with Kyle, right? Yeah, with Kyle on uh, his show, uh, Best Friends Talk Funny. Awesome. I listened Which, to a little bit of it. I liked it. I liked it. It was good stuff. Yeah, Maybe he's, even he's more good excited at what he does. to sit down with you now. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's got. I love his format. He's got a really good thing set up, and uh, he's good at what he does. Yeah. Uh, so, Cameron, if anyone by any chance doesn't know you, you want to give us a quick pitch on yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Cameron Kennedy. I am from uh, Nova Scotia, Canada. I am a filmmaker, primarily working in post production, and as far as kind of funny related stuff goes, I. Uh, do motion graphics work for them yes you do a fantastic motion graphics work for them so Thank i wouldn't <laughs> underplay it at all uh so you've been working with kind of funny for a little bit what's your history with the guys have you been following them since ign or was it just kind of like you stumbled in and like hey i can make their stuff that much better i've been following since 20 uh, either 2010 or 2011 is when i started uh Okay. following i guess greg and colin at the time and then nick and tim would have come later as they would have been on more videos than ign or mm -hmm. more on camera and especially with the game over greggy show i became very aware of them um and mm -hmm. then yeah obviously later on when they launched into their own thing it was there from the beginning with that yeah so what was the decision to kind of follow greg from leaving ign to kind of funny it was just that you were all in for his energy or like just kind of wanted to see what this new thing was going to be uh with with Greg and Colin both at the time, it was mm. the thing of a I I started listening. I was in junior high, I think. Okay. And I, I'm I have a younger brother. I don't have any older siblings, but uh, mm. that was the only outlet I think I had where I was hearing someone older than me, but not like teachers or friends' parents. Yeah, uh, yeah, talking about stuff, and so the kind of stuff Greg would say on something like uh, Beyond or Knocking Boots were very different than the kind of stuff I would be hearing from I them. Bet. And uh, I think they all very much kind of set—I don't even know what to call. It. I don't want to say my morals, but they—they were—they set an example for me. I think mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and there's certain things that can directly connect to them that I have rubbed off on me that have changed my path as a person and not just career wise, mm -hmm. but as a person. And so it, it was very much a thing of once they went off and did their own thing. I was a diehard fan. I was going no matter sure. what, like, yeah, that's awesome. I was going to say, I think, uh, even like maybe a year in, I think I had, I f forgot about it for a while. I had a, my AGM page where I think I was clipping out like best of parts of episodes of things they're on, which later awesome. on I realized like, oh, I don't know if that's a very good thing to do when you're trying to get people to uh, listen to your podcast to just break out parts of it um, I get you. unofficially. But yeah, uh, 
yeah, I, w- I was a pretty diehard fan back then. I just didn't interact with them as much. Mm-hmm. So kind of one of the, not, not necessarily lurker per se, but you were just kind of around but not super active in the community, I guess? Yeah, I probably, I maybe didn't lurk as much at first, but then I probably went back to it after a while. Like I matured a little bit and realized like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be doing this stuff on my IGN. But then also when kind of funny itself launched, like I was pretty quiet in the group. I didn't really, I didn't, I might comment or something on the occasional post, but I probably wouldn't put my own up for a couple of years. And even then it was like every six months, maybe it wasn't until 2019 where it was like, actually maybe even 2018 where I began to do stuff a little bit more often. And then when 2019 hit, it was like, okay, no, I can, I can just do this now. I don't feel the pressure of, uh, I don't even want to call it pressure. I feel just comfortable. Mm -hmm. Was that the change? Was it just kind of feeling more comfortable with the community and and who you were and your voice? Yeah, I think it was once I I knew that some of them were aware of me. Like I knew Andy knew who I was um, Mm -hmm. just because of a, his Twitch chat and occasionally when I had done stuff for them in the past, just more of, I had made something and they asked if they could use it. Mm-hmm. But once I had made something and, um, which at the time it was the, uh, intro for the, uh, Spider-Verse in review. Right. Which was so like, I still watch <laughs> it like once a week. To, it's so good. Thank you. I, uh, that, that was, that's still one of my favorites, I think. Um, but after that one, it was like, okay, they hit me up and like, Hey, we want to continue to do this. Um, then I was aware that, okay, I've, it feels very good, like having someone I look up to approve of something I've done. Of course. Um, and if they do, then I'm comfortable in general in the community putting stuff out there, not necessarily content, but just my thoughts and yeah, things like that. Be more active. I totally get that. Yeah, that, uh, that gratification, that acceptance, that yeah. acknowledgement, it definitely kind of, helps kind of be like, all right, you know what? I can, I can do this. They see me, others can see me. Yeah. And when people are credibly supportive, you're like, okay, they're looking to be friendly. They're not looking to be assholes out there. Right. Exactly. Like, Except it, Nick. I mean, he has his moments. Sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so your work is incredible and obviously it's not something you just kind of started picking up. Uh, what was the is. start? Like, <laughs> okay, well then, then here, like, I'll shut my mouth. You tell me, like, how did you get into starting to do the motion graphic work and everything like that? I just, I had played around with After Effects. Like, I had played around with After Effects for stuff in the past, but um, mm-hmm. all of my stuff related to film work, because it was at that point, I think it was, I was maybe six months into having graduated mm-hmm. um, from film school. And so all of my post-production stuff I was working at that point, but none of it was related to After Effects. And even that Spider-Verse one, when I made it, I don't even think I used After Effects. I think that was all Photoshop and Premiere just... uh, No shit. Because it so... It it changed... When you watch, it's like, okay, well, it changes so much every couple of frames that Mm -hmm. there was no point in doing it with just video. It's like a lot of it was like, I may as well go frame by frame making it. But when they want it more, it's like, okay, well, I have some familiarity, but I... uh, yeah, I was kind of, I've kind of learned as I've gone along mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I very much in the past, whenever I would do something like that, I was always faking it. Like even if I made 3D titles, it wasn't even Photoshop. I started off when I was in probably junior high or high school. I realized you could use, you know, the 3D t- uh, titles you can make in photo, uh, sorry, not Photoshop, uh, PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. I realized like, okay, well, there's little things that are similar to the, uh, not blend modes, but the, uh, 
some other kind of thing i'm completely forgetting on photoshop you're good there's, don't worry it'll come back sometime and if not we'll yeah we'll pass there's it. similar tools in uh powerpoint though for working with text and so i realized like okay i can fake it i can blow this up save it and then bring it into something else and mm-hmm. play around with that way and i think i just kind of was evolving those things and kind of the same way i learned editing in general is like mm-hmm. i just wanted to get something done so i learned how to do that thing specifically and right now it's at this point where it's like okay no i'm comfortable with it now i can actually do this work and not have to worry about like okay <laughs> am i gonna suddenly get to a point where they ask for something and i can't follow through on it mm-hmm. yeah because you just kind of be able to figure out whatever you need to which i think is a really cool thing one of my favorite things about the post-production process is that there's a million different ways to do one thing yeah there's no universal right way so the way the way i might do something might take a little bit longer than the way you do it but there's it's just a it's such a fascinating puzzle to me. And that way yeah. you can make it work. There's just that feeling you just don't get anywhere else. Yeah. I know. That's, that's a part of it I love is, is I think it's a, I like the part for post-production where it's that blend of logical, like problem solving and also art mm. a little bit. You're just kind of blending a little bit of the two together. And you can't do one without the other. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. So you touched on a little bit that you started kind of working in a little bit of the tools in uh, junior high school where did where did your kind of love of content creation start? Was it in junior high, and then you're just like, "Hey, I love movies. I'm going to be doing this forever." Or like, how what was what was the story there? I think I learned of Windows Movie Maker when I was nine or ten, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit earlier. And then I think from ten onwards, I was making stuff. I think of a uh, just grabbing a camera and just filming some with friends, and then I would edit it. And mm-hmm. even at one point, like, I, it, it never made sense what I was doing. Um, <laughs> like I wasn't, I don't know what I was thinking about it in that way, but like, I, I knew I wanted to do film related stuff. I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily actually follow through on that path originally, but I, uh, as a kid, that's kind of what I thought I wanted to do. Right. Um, like I would watch all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. And so I understood the process a little bit. I understood mm-hmm. like, okay, the general process of how something is made a little bit. Um, and, then yeah every so often even practicing with things like my parents had an old old camera from like the 90s i think that was like one of those dv cameras that shot on film Mm -hmm. and so even things like that were i don't know practicing and understanding the idea of like filming something and then when you go to do the next shot like stopping there and immediately going to the next thing and rewinding things like that working with those kinds of things. It was very later on that I would have learned something like, uh, oh, you don't actually have to film in order right. <laughs> of what you're going to edit it yep. into. First time I did that, I was like, oh, I'm doing some real professional stuff now. Not necessarily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just something where I, I didn't really have any form. I never had formal training on it until I went to university for it. Of a, It was just always something I did. I had done mm-hmm. work for people in the past um, for video stuff, but it was something that I knew I would like to do, but I didn't think I could make a career and I treat it as a hobby and, but it was an obsessive hobby. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So when you get to university, is that kind of when the world opens up of like, Oh, this is a real possibility that I can do it. Or was like your intention was I'm going to university for film school. It was originally, I had, I had interest in it, but by the time I got to high school, it's like, okay, you can't make a career in this. Um, and so I thought like, okay, I'll go into engineering, decided like, okay, I'm going to be bored out of my mind if I do this. <laughs> and so I went to computer science and then I, when I hated that so much, I eventually had a breakdown of like, 
I can't even pay attention in class. I don't, right. I, there's a lot of days where I didn't even bother showing up and mm-hmm. you got to a point where it's like, I was probably into my, I was into my fourth semester of it. And I think after the first month, I was just like, okay, I'm going to go do something else now instead. Yeah, like, I get you. I know the amount of time where I would go home and put in hours of studying how to do stuff in film anyway, that there was no reason for me not to. So if I had made money doing what I was already doing for school, like if I made a career out of that, my hobby would have been still that. So mm-hmm. even if I didn't make any money off of working in film, at least I could still be doing it. Right. What was the thought process that like you couldn't make money out of it? Was it just kind of thinking, Oh, this is just something fun to do. You can't make money having fun. Or did it just seem like too of an unattainable goal? I think it's because you look at it and everyone's like, I think the mentality is like, Oh, you have to move to LA or something. Mm-hmm. Or people are, I think you more likely growing up, you see a lot of people who want to become actors or musicians. Right. And even from our young age, you understand that's a long shot. Mm-hmm. And so I think in general, you look at the entertainment industry and you just assume all of it is like that. That's fair. And so then it's like, okay, well, this doesn't seem very secure. And even if there's a job in it, it might not be around where I live or something like that. It might be mm-hmm. the men- probably the mentality I had. And it wouldn't help with having a, like family members ask, like, oh, what's your plan for this when you're 15 maybe at? Preaching to the choir. Yep, I totally yeah. hit you. It's just awful. And it's like, okay, yeah, well, that talks me out of it. And it's like, okay, well, I don't know. Even now if they ask me, it's like, I don't know. I'll just, I'm going to keep working all. Yeah. What Like, if you asked an adult now, what's your plan right now for their work? They probably don't really know. I think they're just... Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. You, you can ask someone once they're in university probably, but I don't know if there's another time that really makes that much sense. Right. You're all programmed to give some kind of BS answer like, oh, well, I'm going to yeah. do this and invest my finances, blah, blah, I, I know it's, I had a lot of people like, you get that look and they're like, oh, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm going to film school. They look at you like, oh, like yeah. you're going to be artsy parts of like, yeah, no, I am. And well, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I'm enjoying this. They were very, it's, I don't want to, because they were always encouraging Mm-hmm. I think it's more just the way they would ask. I would assume I should know the answer. I totally get you. And so I assume if, yeah, the question is being asked, it obviously it's something I should know. And if I don't, that's like, oh, then there's a problem. And mm-hmm. there isn't necessarily, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's not in the same way of like, okay, well, if you're going into engineering or computer science, it's like, oh, I'm going to go off to school for four years and learn how to do this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Right, like, yep. Yeah. I think a big thing for me, like... I- I was always under the impression like, all right, here's the plan, right? Like everyone knows you go to high school, you go to college, you, you do well enough in college and you get the job afterwards. Um, and I'm sure you're well, like the, the entertainment industry is not like that. Like I went yeah. and I, I had a show and I was a part of all these projects and I was like constantly working on stuff. But then you get out and you're like, oh, there's no work in the area that I'm currently in. And, and it's constantly a struggle. It's constantly a grind. So like when you get asked those questions, what are you going to do? And the appropriate answer is, I don't know. Yeah. But you feel like you're supposed to have one. It's just all sorts of conflicting emotions. I got a little bit lucky with when I left school for it. I think it was a week after I was I was working. Awesome. Um, like I've had a consistent job since, and then I, I, I've I've gotten lucky for somewhere that's not like a big place. Um, I have been lucky enough that I regularly turn down work. That's cool. Which is nice to have. Um, it is a little bit that like I do run into the problem of sometimes overworking myself and I mm-hmm. might turn down 
paid work in favor of projects I'd rather work on mm-hmm. um, for free. But uh, yeah, it it is also though, I am aware that, okay, well, I'm lucky right now, but eventually there is going to be a ceiling to it, right? And that is the fear for me now. It's like, okay, well, eventually I might have to move somewhere just to, if I want to continue to work on bigger things or have bigger roles, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which I'll worry about later. Yeah, I get you. If it's yeah. working right now, like you're you're mindful of it, so it's nothing that's immediate, right? Right. No, yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. So you're doing a lot of freelance work or is there like a company you've been bouncing work with or how does that work? I I'm I was a contract worker that was still full-time at a place for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then they brought me as, on as like a full-time employee in September. Um, just an official employee, which all it really did was change some stuff. And I, I don't even want to say the back end, but just in how things were handled. Right. Um, and in between then, like I would do work for other companies around just uh post-production work like assistant editor work a lot of kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like that for just different production facilities or uh just i guess some kind of freelance jobs more likely if it was Mm -hmm. something online or like something like kind of funny as one where i now especially i get a lot of work from them um which is nice like a good amount uh Mm -hmm. and then i guess a lot of stuff that i would possibly there's stuff like short films where i'm not going to be doing that necessarily mm-hmm. for money or very much of it right right um because they're more kind of passion projects and it's more okay building my resume in a role that i wouldn't necessarily be able to have this early on mm-hmm. so have you thought like how far away if you like vancouver because i know i feel like that would probably be being in canada the next big step especially with like after uh after effects work post-production it seems like a lot of the work's moving there has that kind of been in the cards at all i've considered vancouver um i've also considered toronto because i'm on the opposite side of canada and so that makes it like a little bit of like okay i'd like to stay closer to home but at the same time like vancouver does sound cool um Mm -hmm. but i also think that i i'm not sure i I, i'd like to visit there first to understand like okay what i like this city in general or this area that's yeah um and yeah because it's hard to tell especially with post-production like where i i I say post-production. My original plan wasn't just post-production. Like I, I've mm-hmm. done work for everything, right. but post-production is the one where it's like, okay, this is what I excel at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a weird thing of, I don't know where I have to move in order to do that. Cause things aren't necessarily, you don't necessarily edit something in the same place it's shot. Right. And a lot of stuff is shot in Vancouver and Toronto. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, where is the best place for me to just be? Right. Um, and even then it's like, okay, well, I'm not sure what my plan in general is if I want to work on movies or shows or just any kind of entertainment. Like, I'm not sure. I just want to, I, I, I think I had a more solid plan in the past, but now as I've begun to do work for other people, like having a bunch of different things I'm trying out at once makes it a little mm-hmm. less clear to me, even though it's, it, it's little successes, but at the same time, they do drag me in different directions, I think, a little bit sometimes. I get you. Where you're, where you're not like a hundred percent focused on one thing, so you're, yeah, you're not going off in one direction. You're staying in the middle while you spread out in five. Yeah, and it's hard to tell sometimes. Like, okay, which is my best one to focus on necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. I get you. Um, yeah. So, you've been doing all these things. You're, you're working a bunch, and it's fantastic. And you're getting a lot of like tools in your tool belt. Do you have any like big inspirations that you look towards for your content creation? Like, 
are there any like big post people or big like directors that you're like, Oh, I kind of want to make stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think it always depends. I think growing up, like it was whatever I had the behind the scenes available to for movies that it's like okay sure. these are the filmmakers i like it's like i don't really know at the time um <laughs> i think i take little bits from all of them and not in direct things mm-hmm. um like it's more like sometimes work ethic or the way they approach something like uh don glover is one that i talk about a lot but it's like i just appreciate that he does everything and he'll try mm-hmm. everything and he's good at everything is the difference but like <laughs> that's not my goal because that's impossible but right. it is like okay i do like to try a little bit of everything um, and then you look at uh, directors like Taika Waititi, and I, I, I like the way he approaches comedy and stuff like that, because that's what I would like to work mm-hmm. in the most, I think. Um, and I like how he understands the best way to make something hit emotionally is build it up with comedy, get the audience engaged in that way, and then you can use these emotional beats and actually bring your drama in that way. Um, mm-hmm. That they can enhance each other a little bit. I think like things like that a little bit, and... But there's no one person I think I look to them like, okay, I want to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just like aspects of different ones. And as far as the stuff I do on the side, I guess like uh, for content creation, that's not necessarily film itself. Then there's obviously people like kind of funny or uh, the comedy button, things like that, where with like mm-hmm. Brian Altano, Max Scoville, I, I like the kind of stuff that they do. Right. Um, and so not not necessarily trying to replicate what they do because that's not filling creatively um Mm -hmm. but understanding like being able to study the stuff they do and work out formats based on them a little bit maybe or sure uh just kind of understand where what they do best how they create projects based around that right Mm -hmm. and it seems like it it's always helpful to kind of see the best parts of a bunch of different people and kind of bring them into one and whether everything works for you or it doesn't, it, it helps you grow your tool set in your toolbox. That way you can go and make some of the best content you can. Yeah, for sure. 100%. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think just in general, it, it, it never hurts to expose yourself to more different types of things when you're trying to study anything. I don't think it helps anyone to be narrow minded, trying to replicate something or seeing something. It's like, this is my favorite thing. So I'm only going to study what my favorite thing is and, try and right. do that as well right yeah i would say it gets put those blinders on and then you can't grow because i think and i've talked about a lot on the show right now it feels like it helps to be a jack of all trades because you may master one thing but you're not as versatile as a lot of people need you to be right now yeah and i think my, my mentality has always been is i don't think like there's the phrase master of uh just sorry jack of master of all trades that'd be, <laughs> that'd be awesome. awesome that'd be so cool uh, yeah um <laughs> jack of all trades master of none i think though the other side of it is there's no one that's a master of something without Mm. being a jack of all trades like i think the goal is you have to be a jack of all trades master of some like you have to excel at something in order to get by it you have to be better than the average person at some things but you can't be really lacking any knowledge of some area like i think in general, my thing always was when I was even working on sets, it's, you can tell when a director doesn't understand how post-production works or they don't understand mm-hmm. how the camera crew operates, right? You're, if you don't understand the language that all these different people working connected with you, like if you don't understand the language they operate in, then you're not going to be able to do your job sufficiently. 
Mm-hmm. Like the best time, my best work as a camera person is understanding like, okay, I know when someone gets to the edit suite, what coverage right. they need in order to be able to edit this thing and being like, Hey, no, like we need to cover in this way because you're going to be saving it later on. You're going to regret when you get to the next part of production that you don't have this now from now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I worked with a guy who he started as an editor and they kind of went up to be more producing roles, more directing. And I was editing a piece for him and it was, it was amazing because it was like the easiest project I'd ever edited right. <laughs> because the way he did all of his pre-production was for the edit. Yep. So the way he broke down his shot list, the way he shot everything, the way he marked which takes were good, it was phenomenal. And then I, you know, I edited something for a different director where he was like, hey, can you use this shot? And I'm like, no, because you didn't get that shot. Yep. You're right. That would fit really well here, but we don't have it. So I, yeah. I think you're right. Like standing out, excelling in one thing, I think is going to make you better at all the other things if you understand them by default. Yeah. And I think like, I, I legit think that there's. I don't th- think anyone can go that far anymore without having that kind of mm-hmm. mentality. Um, right. I really do think it helps. And you look at the best directors, and it, I don't think you can look at a single great director anymore and go back on their IMDb list and see, like, oh, on their past films, they probably edited it and shot them. Right. And that's going to help them later on when, not necessarily when they're working on something professionally, but uh, later on they understand, like, okay, how this process works because it, it does not make sense in something that is a collaborative effort to be very mm-hmm. single-minded, I guess. Right. Right. And it makes you easier to work with to where like, if you're yeah. easy to work with, everyone's going to want to work with you and it's just going to flow better. Yeah. And being able to understand like, okay, even if you're someone who's like a grip or gaffer, right. Working with mm-hmm. lighting, then you, if you don't understand how the sound people operate, then you're going to be, causing each other problems that might not seem obvious like okay this humming of a light is probably going to affect a sound person or right uh, when they're doing this i can get this much of this other thing done in preparation right um mm. i think it just yeah sets in general and any kind of production in general operates best when everyone is on the same page i guess is the easiest way to put that yeah yeah it just it just it works and when all the pieces are moving the appropriate way it's like it's like when you get to a four-way stop right yep. and if you four-way stop and no one knows how it works everyone's just sitting in a standstill but if people right. know hey person at your right goes person it just works really well it's great yeah oh yeah 100 percent. That, that's that's probably a better way of putting it <laughs> they're equally great ways <laughs> uh so you've done a lot of like production work you've done a lot of different editing and things uh, and we've talked about how right now you're kind of doing more post-production. Is that kind of where starting to do those intros, like was in, the intros were kind of funny. Uh, was the Spider-Verse intro the first one you did? And then you kind of just realized like, hey, I'm really good at this. I guess like I had played around with something like I, I had made the Harry Potter intro, a version of it a year earlier, but they, they weren't planning okay. on doing the movies at the time. Um, right. And so, but they must have been aware of it because when Tim hit me up, um, when they finally got to those, he reference that one so they must have been aware of it at the time or something mm-hmm. um but i guess that was the most like time i had spent in it and even that for like all that is in after effects is it's a bunch of layering stuff right and then right camera push through so it's like if you played a video game you've made your own level and something you understand the mm-hmm. basics of how that's working um but yeah i don't really know with um i guess it it was a little bit of I, any kind of software, something that I get a hold of, I am very, I don't want to say finicky, but I'm very, I want to play around with it. I want to experiment. Like, even if I have no intentions on using it. And so I think just having After Effects around or Photoshop or 
anything. I'm going to play around with it a little bit. And I think that was just one point where I have probably just seen Spider-Verse. I heard them during the Kind of Funny Day 4.0, or I guess it was, they are launching 4.0. Um, mm-hmm. And they mentioned that that was going to be their next demo review that was coming out on Monday. And so I thought like, okay, this is something I want to play around with and I think I can do it. I know that I think they would have done that on a Friday. It would be coming out on the Monday. So the Saturday, it's like, okay, I have to work my ass off to get this done so that I put it up at the end of the day. Not necessarily that I know they'll use it, but if if it, it, best case scenario, if they wanted to, then there's no use in it coming out the Tuesday after. And it's like, oh, this would have been nice at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I, I don't really know when I started playing around with it because i even have like examples of me probably opening it back in high school but i did not know what i was doing it was just yeah i get you yeah it seemed complicated and so i think it was just the thing i always had around i was like okay i can probably work through this right now with all of these tools mm-hmm. and it'd be, w- once you have that other knowledge like i did i did a lightsaber short thing in um, right. in high school where like you, you remember all those lightsaber apps like I, you press the button on the app i had the thing going real yeah and i was doing like <laughs> frame by frame animation to keen the lightsaber right so like i was i didn't actually like key the lightsaber out i just like all right here's the the laser overlay move right. the bottom move the bottom and it was a nightmare and i hated it i'm like this is the worst tool in the world yeah it's I've, terrible. I've done that kind of stuff and it uh yeah it's crazy later on when you have actual professional tools and being like oh man it's crazy how i think you look at the more accessible tools and you think that they're going to mm-hmm. be the more user-friendly ones and then seeing later on it's like oh no these things are these something like uh creative cloud is expensive because it works better it's more user friendly and there's more options to it right yeah and the um, fact that everything works together in the creative cloud is just like i i have my problems with creative cloud don't yeah, get me wrong right. every time i see that premiere updates part of me dies <laughs> i'm just so afraid of what's going to happen yeah but the fact that like i can open any of the creative cloud files and any of the other programs it's just it's so nice yeah oh that is a huge thing for me of a God, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't bring Photoshop files directly into uh, After Effects because that is how I make a lot of intros. Is I'll design that, I'll create the assets in Photoshop and then bring them in. Mm. Yeah, being able to work with layers in that way is super important. And then also it's like, okay, if I messed up something, being able to change a little bit and it automatically updates in there is also really helpful. Like uh, I think one of these Zelda, yeah, the Zelda intro, um, mm-hmm. I did for their Zelda review. I misspelled Barrett's name, I think. Oh, and no. I know how to spell his name. I know it has two T's and right. I was missing one of them. And I thought I, it was after like, I think it was exporting. I thought that does not seem it's something, something I, I feel like I definitely spelled that wrong. And so I went back mm-hmm. and yeah, had to re-render everything, but it, it could have been a lot more annoying if I had to work with brand new assets and everything. Right. Instead it's like, okay, right. now just Photoshop add the going. That's the greatest. I was plus that 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 realization of having to re-render, it's one of the worst feelings in the entire world. Yeah, luckily I, I've. It's very rare that I shouldn't say that. I was gonna say it's very rare that I have to do they render stuff of late. Mm-hmm. I've gotten better at it that I don't render stuff very late anymore. There are occasionally you. little things of like, if it's a personal project, I'm not. If I'm doing it for someone else, I will not have it rendered out totally in the middle of the night. If it's my own personal one, chances are <laughs> it might be 2 a.m. And by that point, if there is a little thing off, then I get to choose myself whether I care enough to. Right. Like, it'll get done it. in time and it'll be okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So after the Spider-Verse intro, is that when they like kind of come in and be like, hey man, like we want you to be the intro guy. Like we're doing, here's the next interview series. Can you whip us something up? Yeah. So let me think. They, so I posted it and Mm -hmm. people on Reddit and Twitter were like, oh, this is awesome and tagging those guys and stuff. And then they reacted to it. And Tim on Reddit, I think said, like, hey, can you email this to me? Um, and then from there, I think it was from there, like he, it was either there or it was on the podcast. I know Andy in his Twitch chat told me like, Hey, we're going to, we want to work with you more in the future. Right. Um, and then the next time they did was cause they were still working on a bunch of old series from before, right? They're finishing off once they had already right. had interest for their next was mission impossible, which they just gave me the one project at the time. Mm-hmm. plus at the time they're only doing one a week currently they're doing mm-hmm. two so it's a little different right. but uh they gave me the one i was like okay i know this is like a testing ground a little bit right of they don't know that i just made this thing mostly in photoshop and premiere but mm-hmm. like i have to be able to prove i did something and again for some reason i also did it again in mostly photoshop and premiere um if it works it works right i guess yeah it, that one was that was definitely the one i worked the longest on just because it's like i for some reason chose something that was a little ambitious for me and then couldn't mess it up because again, like I knew like, okay, well this is my first paid work. Mm-hmm. I might, right. Might go wrong now when it happens. Uh, luckily there's an understanding there and we have, we're better at communicating in the way of they'll let me know what set of things they might be working on are like, they'll give me maybe six or seven and mm-hmm. Then I work with them. It's like, okay, what's the order we're probably going to have these in? So I can make sure that I can prioritize them. And I also right. look at uh, how long each series is. And know, like, okay, I should put more time to one that's seven movies versus one that's two or three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, now the process is a little bit different. Even I remember for the January stuff, I think I had a phone call with Tim where he talked about what they might be doing. And then a week later, I got the official list. And yeah, so... It's a little bit different now, but I do remember at the beginning, like that's how it started out of like, okay, I could tell that there was, there was a, not a testing ground, but like they would not commit in the same way that now there's trust, I think. Right. Yeah. They were like a trial run almost like, Hey, can you do it again? Now that you yeah. Can, you Cause if they had suddenly dumped like, yeah, six or seven at me on me at the time, I probably would have been overwhelmed. Right. And they probably would have been like, I hope this kid follows through. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you make all the assets from scratch? Like like, like yeah. with Mission Impossible, did you have like, okay, here's the here's what I want to do. I want to do these scenes or like is it all you or is it a collaborative thing between them? Uh Tim sends me the name of the series and the music. Okay. Um and then I just go from there. Um Okay, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Which yeah, is fun. And, and then there's every soft don't get where where it's like, oh, I did not expect this to be the music. Um, and it's never been one where I, the most I'll do ahead of time, because I know that can be the case is I'll just make a title card. I always start it with that of making what the title graphic is and then going from there. Um, so for the Transformers one was the only one where I was very surprised. I guess there was also Star Wars. I wasn't expecting it to be the slower one there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Transformers one was the one that was the most surprising because I didn't know what kind of music they would use. It's not like there's a theme <laughs> for the movies that can identify. And I guess there's the right. old like theme song. I thought maybe they'll go with that, but no, it was just the tie-in song from the 1980s cartoon. Mm. Um, and so ones like that, those are the ones where I have to get a little bit more creative, I think with them because 
there isn't a set thing to go off of right right how familiar are you with the like with the movies before you go and make the title like has has have they brought something to your attention that you haven't seen before that i'd say about half of them now i may not oh, really? have seen okay. any of the movies ahead of time like uh i wonder if i have a list of them of what i've actually seen um i'm looking at my desktop right now just because i have some like mm-hmm. not files that i saved on there but like maybe when i put something up on instagram it's up on there right so like let me think uh the mission impossible ones i had seen four and five okay i'd obviously like the disney ones toy story ones i was familiar with those harry potter mm-hmm. star wars bad boys i hadn't seen any of those movies um terminator i hadn't seen any of those um what else have we done i'm blanking on all of terminator. them let me uh... see i can bring up a short little list i have um, go for it i'll see if i can do anything on my end yours will be a lot faster but <laughs> I just know that I have a little playlist, I think, just right. so I can keep track of these. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Mission Impossible, I had seen two of them. All okay. uh, Terminator, I hadn't seen any. Um, the James Bond movies, I'd only seen Skyfall. The DCU, I had seen those. Bad Boys, I hadn't seen okay. any. Transformers, I had seen, I think, three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the VSQ ones, I hadn't seen any of them. Back to the Future, I hadn't seen any of them. Top Gun, I okay. hadn't seen any. And then there's a few other ones like that. I haven't aired any episodes yet, so they're not on the list. But like the normal ones, I had seen most of them, but it's not like that's an actual series. And Right. Yeah. So when you come up with one where you haven't seen the movies or you've only seen a couple, like how do you go about deciding like, oh, I should use these scenes or do you research the movies or do you watch them? Like how does that work? I typically, what I'll do, so with something like Bad Boys was probably the one I was most in the dark and, and Terminator was kind of similar but terminator has iconic imagery right and so first thing i always do is i will look up i'll go to the beginning of those movies or i'll find the beginning of those movies it's like okay what was the opening title and hopefully they have one <laughs> and yeah sometimes they don't and sometimes it changes between movies it's like okay i, have, I can't go off of anything here but it can take aspects of them which for terminator it's like okay i can very easily replicate the opening of the first one i know they're only doing one two and dark fate Mm -hmm. i can't tell what dark fate's going to be like but i can look at the first two and it's like okay there is something here that is nostalgic and i can kind of play off of that a little bit and with bad boys and top gun then it's just kind of top gun was just i'm gonna play around with the logo uh ghostbusters i guess was another one where i knew the movies but it's like i don't think there's any title sequence um Mm -hmm. and so yeah it just becomes i look for iconic imagery that i know have popped into pop culture the ones that have stuck around if i'm aware of the imagery then without seeing the movies then i know that those must be the most iconic parts right. of them right um mm-hmm. and i usually just try to incorporate those a little bit more i think and then with something like mission impossible where i'd only seen two of them it's like okay well i was very aware based on the publicity that comes out like there's a big stunt usually per movie so it's like okay right. i will find what the biggest stunt is for each movie and incorporate them that way i think right because the that one has an iconic opening but again like it is i guess working with the imagery that is identifiable Um, right and i think what you did like each each shot you knew exactly which like if you're a fan of the movies you know oh i know which movie that's from and i thought that went really well yeah which which is what's fun to do with these things a little bit i think um is yeah because it's i'm not going to work on these franchises but it is a little bit of fun to be like okay well if i were to create a title sequence for one of these movies, what kind of stuff would I incorporate into it? 
Um, and I'm not going to do it on the same scale or something like that, but it is right. like, okay, what does my broke internet version of that look like? <laughs> what's, what's the on a budget way it looks? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, just a step above, uh, what was it called? Sweeting and be kind rewind. Um, yeah. Where pretty much everything was made of cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> it's right, like right. the halfway point between those two. Oh, be kind rewind. That's a, that's a special movie right there. Yeah. I like that one. <laughs> uh, so it, do you do any storyboarding when you're kind of coming up with stuff or is it just like, like you said, yeah. like, kind of yeah, watch yeah, stuff yeah. and I'll recreate that. So I do storyboarding for ones like if, if there are, if it's not necessarily animated, but there are drawings involved, mm. then I definitely do storyboarding. Uh, DCU had storyboards. Um, I would have had storyboards for mission impossible and there's going to be other ones probably even something like james bond i might have had some storyboarding for mm -hmm. um and sometimes they're just very rough of like i might just draw general shapes and then throw them in, which i guess is still storyboarding but uh it's more just figuring out the timing of the cut sometimes a little bit of what type right. of thing do i want to see in here and get the cut right because also like you don't want to do something create something in after effects that are multiple kinds of shots being cut together if the timing is all off on them, right? You're trying to mm -hmm. use the time most efficiently when you're doing something that's supposed to be cut a little bit more quickly and right. uh, and a little bit more exciting, I guess. Because um, mm -hmm. you can't play with time. I know what the music is ahead of time. I'm not just doing a cut. I'm cutting to the music I have to do. Right, so. right, right, right. So do you, are you the one who, do you draw the the guys in all yeah. of those? Um, it's a lot of the time I'll do i i find it easiest to use um a lot of different references um okay. so for the dc ones it's like okay well i might not have these guys in a pose but i'll take a photo of myself and then use those reference of like okay how does the body form in this way um and then with the mission impossible ones there was for the most part though i may have cut the shot that i did it on the most because it was too much work uh i do sometimes rotoscoping okay. um if I'm trying to get an actual shot sequence done. And then mm -hmm. for ones like, uh, what was it? Uh, view askew that one. It's like, okay, well there's a very specific art style that is clearly some artists like this is the way they draw. So yeah, I'm going right. to be very specific of copying things that they do, except for things like that have to be original, like their faces or their heads. Right. Then it's, mm -hmm. I have to try and replicate the style, but not reuse assets a little bit. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm so do you have like a pretty strong artistic background because like they all look great like all the images look really really good was that part of kind of your university training or is it just kind of like oh i'm gonna freehand this and give it a shot it's a lot of freehanding um because yeah i didn't have any background in that it's just a lot of i like drawing i'm not good at it but i if and that's kind of a weird thing of a lot of the time like when i draw something it's like okay well i know how to make something maybe look good uh, that does not mean I feel like I'm good at it because <laughs> the like amount of times you're like, if someone, if I didn't say an art stream, people mm -hmm. would leave immediately. Cause they'd be like, holy <laughs> shit, this guy's drawn the same line again, like 20 times now. Cause like I have known by my friends, I have notoriously shaky hands. Mm -hmm. And so working with something like a drawing tablet, cause that's event I've transitioned over to that to try and get the ends of the lines looking nice rather than working with a mouse. Sure. Um, but yeah, I always mess up cause it's like. God, I am so off when I do that. And anytime I have to draw something that connects again, like 
a circle than mm-hmm. from where it started, then I'm always way off and just I, I'm not good at it. The line smoothing is always turned way up in Photoshop and sometimes <laughs> it's still not enough. Like I'll have to work on a smaller scale because uh I think it doesn't scale properly based on resolution. Mm-hmm. And so the higher resolution the image, the less that the smoothing is gonna end up doing for you. Um right. So it's just a lot of doing something and redoing it, redoing it, and then okay, this line looked good, and <laughs> I can go from there. All right, finally, I can I can take this one. We can work with this one now. Just four more hours, and I'll get the the next line. Yeah, kind of yeah. Which I've done better at. I figured out how what works best for me. But there are images that I did similarly where, if I had if I had to draw the amount of assets they do now for them, uh, projects mm-hmm. would take five six times longer. Do you like? Do you sit down one day and like, all right, I'm gonna draw baselines of all the guys involved or everyone involved and then just kind of like reuse those and kind of animate them move them poses wise uh typically what i'll do is one i do it per project like i don't usually have ones pre-existing um Mm -hmm. and then i i will i i've i've avoided for them i'm good at cheating what i'm doing a little bit i think um, and so understanding like, okay, well, based on movies that are animated, you can get away with 12 frames per second a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, I'll work with every 12th frame and being like, okay, well, when I'm drawing someone, make sure I separate parts of their body out. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily have to redraw something. If they, if their torso doesn't move that much in between shots, I can probably reuse that. Right. And maybe I can warp it a little bit. And then it's like, okay, well, maybe all I actually have to do for an arm and a, uh, like a, a bicep area and like a forearm is if I break out those two things, then maybe I can work with keyframes a little bit. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of blending different things together to try and just create as few assets as pos- possible and just stretch them out. Sure. Or, yeah. Which you can, you can tell me you watch certain things or it's like, okay, if you, go back and analyze it. it's like okay you can see where not frames are being reused but uh the way certain things are moving a little bit i guess uh like the view askew one is a good example if i realized like okay well especially in the original animation they did the same thing of like there's mm-hmm. only i think f- maybe four different leg poses right and so being able to be like okay well they're moving along fast enough i may as well just draw those out and then reuse them for each person and that's like okay that saves me a lot of time right right plus in motion you're you're losing a lot of the stuff like, like when you're watching it and you're watching it frame by frame for like hours once yeah. you play it you, you don't notice all that stuff because that's not the yeah. thing you're focused on as a viewer and that it, it especially helps when it's something like that where the original animation is crude enough so it's like well if i'm a little bit off like that was the first one i think i did where i don't think i actually turned on uh mm the smoothing for the brush because it was like, man, they did such a poor job. I hated the animation (laughs) style, but like it was so poorly done originally. That's like, all right, this makes it easier on me to try and replicate it, I guess. Yeah. I totally get you. Well, that's awesome. Well, they look fantastic. Thank Uh, you. Of course. Of course. So do you have more in the works right now? Or is it like, yeah, they give it to uh, you like on a quarter quarter basis. Like, right. This quarter we're doing these movies. It used to be closer to like half a year, but now it's like, I think I'll be due again to probably make something for them in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. I'm pretty sure. Though there there are two more at, 
well okay there's a bunch they've made for them but movies are getting possibly delayed so it's hard to tell um, right that's a good point so there's a bunch of those that are in use like i don't think ghostbusters or top gun or nolan have been used from that original january batch there's mm-hmm. the lord of the rings one i've done for them and then there's one other series that's unannounced um that i'm not sure when they'll do it i think it's just one that if they need it they can throw it in there um okay for sure and then i would guess then i will probably have a few more assigned to me probably in the next within the next two or three weeks i'll probably have a new batch of ones to work on because uh, uh, we know something like ghostbusters is delayed and we know that when, when you know there's an end point like okay transformers only has however mov- many movies left and then it's lord of the rings and mm-hmm. uh clerks fewski they're still going then there's gonna be after right. some there's gonna be something to replace them so yeah yeah how, how long do you usually like block out to work on like when you get a fresh batch you're like all right this is about a month's worth of work or like i'll bang these out in a couple of weeks like what's your time frame it really depends on what my current like uh free time is like because i'm usually jumping right. between projects but with them it's like okay i i can easily prioritize them like luckily mm-hmm. my schedule is flexible yeah. um and so with something like the january ones those i was like okay i want a full month just because i know that i can pump out some i, I want to work really hard on a couple of them mm-hmm. and make sure i think three of them were ready for Jan- january 5th or whenever it was okay. uh and then the next three it's like okay i'll give you title cards but i'd rather take my time on them just because like okay well something like james bond like i have to get that intro right and the other ones is like i'm not quite sure what i'm gonna do with them yet so i want some time just to make sure that i'm not just getting them done for the sake of being on time and then they're stuck with it for weeks when they actually use them and Mm -hmm. tim's very very unbelievably cool about that um and i think they prefer that in general of like having a better product um right and then there are ones where i have done something like a turnaround in a week for maybe a couple of them um but i also it, i i've gotten better about and that's something again about the communication thing of i will i'm good at letting them know right away like i can get this to you at this point i think it will be better off if i spend a little bit more time on it so mm-hmm. i don't necessarily block out the time the same for every project but when there is one where it's like i know that this deserves a little bit more time spent on it then i will ask for it Right. Um, cause something like, uh, if there's only a couple of shots in one of them, then I don't need to, I don't need to ask for more time on something like that. I can probably figure it out pretty easily. But mm-hmm. whereas like something where it's a transformers one or something where it's a little bit more complex and, uh, it's being used for, I think seven movies now, then that definitely deserves time spent on it to figure out what it's going to look like and then not mm-hmm. rush it and have the chance to if it's not going the way I want it to redo it. Yeah, I guess you, I totally get you. But, but like, like you said, if someone's going to be watching it every single week. Yeah. And I'm sure you as the creator, if you're having to look at it every single week, yeah. when you, watch it, you <laughs> want it to be at least good. Yeah. Uh, getting, yeah. Making sure that, especially based on what I'll do in the past, where it's like, I could have done this better. Like I, I, I prefer to now be like, okay, I, I'll, Sometimes they might prefer something of like, uh, I think they would have, when they announced, maybe not View Askew, it was maybe one of the other ones they were doing recently. Mm. Um, maybe it was Transformers. It was Transformers or View Askew, and they want, 
we're, I think, possibly hoping to have it for a certain day in order to announce it. Um, right. But sometimes it will be like, I can give you something, but not the full thing, which I, I guess not the January one, that is kind of a better example of. I can give you title cards. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, we'll be, all be better off if I. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If I'm not and sometimes the title cards help with the tease a little bit because, like, you're yeah. like, oh shit, like this is coming. And then you see them like, oh my God, this thing is so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> which is, it's, it's nice when there's like a. I like when they can do a big dump of things at once. Um, mm-hmm. I like the balance of that. If there's sometimes where it's like, hey, here's our next six in reviews and seeing people react to a bunch of them at once. Like that's always fun. Or every so often having just one come out of being like, hey, we're going to be doing this. And then people see it the day of. And mm-hmm. that's always fun to see it, how people are going to react. Oh, I bet. I bet. Does yeah. it like seeing those reactions? Does it give you ideas or like fuel to make the next one that much better or things like that? It's a lot of. A lot of the time I'll be like, okay, I, I I need to cut myself off here from working on it. Sometimes, mm-hmm. other times I'm I, I'm never fully happy with anything I work on, but it is always I totally am anxious that it's like ah, this is gonna be the one that like people are like ah, all right, like this is not great. Um, and every so often there'll be one where it's like I I know in my head and I won't say them which ones I'm like. Ooh, I feel the least confident in, and when I see a very positive reaction on it, it's like okay, well. For the people that are a fan of this series, they liked it, so all right. It's a success, yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever get to the point when, like, you have that confidence yourself? But, like, but I also understand, like, I can never watch anything I do or make and be yeah. like, oh, that's great. Like, oh, that's good. But, like, I messed up here and I messed up here and I messed up here. I think that I don't think I don't think I ever will. And it's it's something now where I'm comfortable with it. Like, I understand that's mm-hmm. the process. And it's been a while I'm comfortable with that. But uh, I don't think anyone can be fully happy with something they do creatively if they want to improve i guess it's yeah. a little bit different say i guess and a weird example that just popped in my head is like okay well maybe you'll see like a great musician they can be like okay these tracks were great and the way they improve is like okay well i'm gonna explore in a different direction or something and that's how i'm gonna improve mm-hmm. in general as an artist but i think anyone working on something creatively like you have to be able to identify faults on something and not just wave them off to yourself like for sure. you can wave them off in the way of like okay this was acceptable for at the time when i'm doing it but uh if you have no if if, if you're you don't want to get complacent i guess because mm-hmm. yeah, the moment you like like gary witta says if you're not making moves you're standing still yeah pretty much yeah if uh i think if you did something like if you could be i mean this is a weird example but you could be someone who when you hear about someone peaking in high school right Mm-hmm. That's kind of idea of like uh that's a weird example for it but if someone for some reason is the smartest kid in their class right who the mm-hmm. fuck cares about someone that's in grade 10 that uh got straight a's if they never went on and did anything with it they never right it's like okay well you don't want to be a 35 year old man and have the knowledge of a really smart 15 year old yeah, unless right. they once they make a show with Jeff Foxworthy though, you're gonna be fucking. <laughs> sure, yeah. You're gonna be in for it, man. <laughs> sure, that's true. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess that is kind of it. It's like if right. if you don't if you're not if you don't have the desire to improve, then I don't think you're doing it for creative reasons, right? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So you have all these different creative projects. You're you're working left and right. 
you've got this thing, you've got Fancy Wolf, right? Where, where does, when does that come from? Does it have like, right. <laughs> out of all of these creative things you're doing, you just feel like you don't have enough on your plate or like, how, how does I, that come up? There, I, okay. Well, for one, I, I for that last part there, I, I do have a problem of uh, when I do get free time creating new projects to work on. Mm-hmm. Like if I hit a lull where, okay, I'll be working on too many things at once, juggling them and they might all end at the same time and then I'll start new things and... So there's a little bit of that to it, um, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> sometimes <laughs> rough. Um, but with uh, Fancy Wolf itself, I have been with the guys that I create. We, we host a podcast through that stuff with. Um, with those same guys, um, my friends Taylor and Ryan, we'd been making things. I had started when I was 10. They probably started doing stuff with me when I was like 12, 13 for that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And they weren't into it in the same way. My friend ran a little bit more, um, but we had always enjoyed just making something together. Right. And once we hit high school, that eased off a little bit. And once we hit university, we really didn't, except for in February 2015. I want to say whenever the Academy Awards were. Mm-hmm. Uh, my It was like the week beforehand, and my friend in January had my friend Ryan had just become legal drinking age in Canada, 19. Okay. Uh, and so for some reason, we just had the idea of it would be fun to record. What I would do is set up a laptop, show him two posters for movies he doesn't know about ahead of time. All of them are nominated for Academy mm-hmm. Awards. And he'll drink throughout and based on the poster, trying to explain what the movie's about. Um, okay. And it was entertaining because he's bad at explaining things in general. And so knowing like, even if he's seen the movie, it's going to be way off. And based on how he'll interpret information, it will be the dumbest shit imaginable and just entertaining for us to do that. And so when we were filming that, that day I was like, okay, well, we used to release our stuff under RTC, Real Creative, which was Ryan Taylor Cameron. Um, okay, that's cool. And that was something we came up with, and that would have been when we were twelve. It's like, okay, no, like we're not going to take <laughs> ourselves seriously. We're not. I, I at the time I still would have been in computer science, um, and so like we weren't trying to do any film stuff. We weren't doing anything. We weren't trying to be YouTubers. It was just like we have to name ourselves something. And so mm-hmm. I think we went onto a random name generator thing, and it would spit out two Where words. And the from? second one was always an animal, and then I liked the word fancy and I liked the word wolf. And so there's a couple of different ones in there. I was like, okay, we'll go with this one. And then four years later, I got the domain. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I, was, I think you can appreciate it. I was making something with a buddy and uh, we didn't know what to do for naming. So we went to a Wu Tang name generator. Yeah, which is much a, like what Childish Gambino. Gambino. Got a, got yeah, his, that's what I got the idea. right behind you right now of him. Uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. a. I did consider that because my name on that is Unlucky Bandit. I think um, I have no. considered using that in the past, but uh, you know that is that is one that I think we went on there to try stuff out, and uh, none of them quite fit us. Um, mm-hmm. This one was because I think it was that time. I was like, okay, well, it's always nice when you have those two word kind of name things, and yeah, for sure, ones that you want them to. They they don't really mean anything, but you eventually say them enough times that just kind of sounds like one word to you. Um, right. And it becomes synonymous with whatever you guys are doing. Yeah. And you stop thinking about of what it is. Like when you look at something like rooster teeth, you don't think of a rooster and teeth or a rooster's teeth. Right. Um, no, exactly. You look at a, the lonely Island. You don't think of it as an actual, you don't think of the Island. You don't think of a lonely Island. Right. Uh, right. Just in general, like looking at dumb shit people do like, okay, what is, what is just a meaningless name that we can just finally use. Right. Yeah. 
So if anyone doesn't know, what do you guys do over with Fancy Wolf? Uh, we didn't do anything for a long time. Okay. Uh, uh, we started a podcast in December just because uh, mm. we had always wanted to do one, but none of us have ever done one before this. And I think we also, we all were, I shouldn't say all of us, my friend Taylor, he doesn't do much creatively. That's not mm. really his thing. He just likes to do stuff with us. Right. Um, my friend Ryan and I, we have a bad problem that we would always have of starting projects, never finishing them. Mm-hmm. And so I think for us and for me, especially like, and I, I've, I know this has helped him since is, uh, being, putting something, being forced to put something out every week, regardless of the quality, mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna, you're eventually just going to become dumb to that of like, you're going to have to start finishing projects and you're not right. going to, you're going to always be in the creative mood every week. Cause you're forcing yourself to be in it. Um, and also with us, we want it to be that, uh, we want it to be a weird creative outlet of like, okay, we're not doing this to try and get views and stuff. But if we had a weird thing we want to do, like there's two different times we've put a song into the episodes of like fully create wrote out and recorded songs that are in there mm-hmm. and they don't make sense for fitting in, but they're there. And we did a Valentine's day uh, special one time. I shouldn't say one time we've only been doing it since December. So Valentine's <laughs> day, if we had a Valentine's day special, and I think it's just, yeah, we wanted something that was an ongoing creative outlet for us so that mm-hmm. if we had a weird idea, it's like, let's throw it in there. Um, and also for projects we had already been doing, like, okay, this will get us out of a creative rut, I guess. Yeah, it totally makes it. So it, it's a way where you take all those extra ideas that you don't have a place to put them in, you know, yeah. a place to put them. Pretty much, yeah. So we, we, and we, God, it's so much fun. And I've, missed it because uh we've been recording from home since right. uh all the stuff went down and i hate it so yeah. much because it, it ruins our rhythm that we have and uh so the episode's slightly just very very different from what we used to do just because mm-hmm. like okay let's figure out something we can do over skype because it just it, it it's not the way we're used to communicating we've been friends since we were five like it's been 19 years at this kind point. Rough. Like, yeah. Yeah. Our, our, our dynamic does not work over Skype the same way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're just now, we're trying to stay into the rhythm of it. Um, but yeah, our last episode we recorded together was our episode 13, which we thought like, okay, it would be fun if we did something that was like a teen themed episode. And so that mm-hmm. one starts out with the song that we uh, wrote and recorded. Um, and, yeah, just that was like, okay, what's the weirdest? We're just weird, dumb ideas we can throw in of like <laughs> making a teen themed podcast for one episode, um, or something like a Valentine's Day one of like, okay, what? The joke there was, um, I think it was in January. We thought like, okay, it would be funny if because we had an episode that'd be coming out. I think the day before Valentine's Day, it was like mm-hmm. we should have uh, my friend do a cover of some romantic song and just saying that like, okay, like to get your you and your significant other in the mood turn this on for them and my friend who has no singing talent will just serenade them pretty much um mm-hmm. but then again like because it's their creative outlet kind of thing it kind of spiraled from there of like okay right. what else can we add into this and once half of it is a bunch of brand new things then it's like okay well the half that's a regular episode doesn't make much sense so let's do something that's fully <laughs> filled with weird shit um yeah yeah and so it, it's nice having something that is a constant creative outlet and it is very fulfilling in that way. And then there are other times mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, well it does feel like work, um, yeah. which I think is a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
sort of all these different projects you do, uh, you got podcasting, short films, uh, the motion graphics. Do you have one that you find you gravitate towards most? I, it, the podcast, when we do something like, I, I, I am happy with something like the podcast I do when we get to do the mm. weird shit with it. That is like uniquely ours, not the kind of stuff that I, I know something like the Valentine's Day special. It, it's not like it's the most creative thing in the world, but I know there are podcasts I've seen that are that have done that or mm-hmm. uh something like the song we put out at the beginning of episode 13 it's like okay this is this feels uniquely us this feels like an actual creative yeah. endeavor um and then ones i enjoy the most actively doing are probably the kind of funny intros of just all the other stuff i do it's like okay well i might be on a bigger project in film a small part of a bigger machine or on a short film it's like i might be in a larger role but it might not get the same reach or something, right? Like it will make the festival circuit, but you can't really put a short film online necessarily and get people to watch it. Right. Um, So you're just kind of doing it to evolve yourself as a filmmaker. And Mm -hmm. it's more practice in that way, I think. Right. Um, Yeah. And building a portfolio. Uh, And so the ones I feel are most consistently satisfying are what I'm drawn to, which yeah, are, parts of the podcast and definitely the kind of funny stuff of there is nothing more uh ex- i don't want to say exciting um i get immediate feedback that is very generous from people mm-hmm. the second yeah. something goes up because it's a very supportive community and so it's like okay someone else's community they've built is so uh positive that that's that's always fun it's always gonna be enjoyable for me right and i'm sure it helps that like being someone who is a part of the community and been a part of the community for so long to not only be able to give back, but also to, to see everyone appreciate the work you're doing has got to feel great. Yeah. There, there, I, I love getting to make stuff like there, there's not a more deserving group of people out of there. I think, um, to make things for and to try and create something enjoyable for them. Like I had dumb video stuff. I had to edit way back and put up his Facebook posts and seeing the way people react and i think even one of them's like probably three or four years now i think colin was at the company at the time when i made it um yeah. and seeing like i think i was even someone commented on it again the post uh maybe a month or two ago and seeing like okay it, it's nice creating something that i know people appreciate and the people appreciating mm-hmm. it are good people yeah i totally get that yeah. it's it just it is i think that it's been said a million times and i myself have said it a million times kind of funny best friend group the community is just it's the best community on the internet just oh 100 it's i i've had a yeah close friend of mine who can't like shouldn't they contact me she just texted me at one point i was like she mm-hmm. she felt touched by how supportive people were when i put something up and it, it, it's a good feeling <laughs> yeah i bet it's 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 one of the best yeah so Cameron, we know you we know your story we know what you've done creatively I want to get into the nitty gritty of the up and comer experience right now. Right. The, uh, a the, big thing is you've got a ton of talent. You've got stuff coming out your ears. Uh, what are you really looking to get out of the up and comer experience? I uh, I think what my goal is is that I'm anything I'm doing related to and unlike film, any of these other creative endeavors, especially something like my podcast. Like I'm not working with people who work in creative outlets. Mm-hmm. I, sorry, sorry, I should say creative industries. Um, when I do something like the podcast I work on, like I'll have it where it's like, I might carry all the gear on my back for an hour and walk to my friend's right. place. And 
have to set up all the equipment. I'm producing it, running it. It's a lot of work. Um, mm -hmm. And so the chance to be able to work with a team that that is what they do would be a dream for me to get to do mm -hmm. that with a week. And I think that's the only way I'm going to be able to learn is being that. able to experience it uh, for a week of like, how is it you handle this process where something that takes me that long and will take forever to do with my friends, like they knock out multiple episodes a day. Like what is their uh, process like? What is their workflow? I guess um, just being able to experience that. And I've never, I've never been able to go to a event before in the entire time that I've been a fan. So being mm -hmm. able to, put a face to the name has been a big thing for me is I would love mm -hmm. to be able to actually interact with them. And I think that would strengthen that relationship in general where it's like, okay, well for sure it's, it's easier now where uh, even now it's a little bit more comfortable where uh, Tim randomly called me last night, like just to check in on something. And so mm -hmm. it's like, okay, that has evolved a little bit where it's like communication is faster now because of that. But I think mm -hmm. if you have a week where you're in general being face to face, like, you don't have that technology barrier, I think, as much anymore. Right. Um, that I think it will just improve the process of working with them. Um, and then in general, uh, I guess, being able to try what they're doing a little bit, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, I think that it's a different kind of process. Being not, I don't want to say thrown into the deep end because that's not it at all, but <laughs> being able to observe and then being able to like practice myself like, okay, just treat it as a learning experience. Yeah. Well, and there's, like you said, there's a difference between being a one man army all the time, but being around a group of people who are all carrying their own weight. Yeah. Um, and all kind of know what everyone is working on. It's gotta be wonderful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's exciting. The idea of it. And so I, I, yeah, I, I would love to have the opportunity and, I don't feel like it's a likely thing because the community itself is incredibly talented that like, okay, well the, there's a lot of other people that are very deserving of it. Um, but if, if I did get the chance, I would, I would love it, I guess. What, one of the things I love the most is everyone who's on the show says the exact same thing you did. Like, oh, yeah? oh, I think it would be really great, but there's so many wonderful people and they're all, equally talented and it's one of the best i no one has come on the show and said like oh i'm the best like i'm better right. than everyone else <laughs> everyone acknowledges how great we all are so i think yeah. i think everyone's got a great shot no yourself included is is working at kind of funny one of the one of the end goals for you at all i mean kind of uh yeah i thought, just realized what the <laughs> answer was yeah <laughs> uh, but uh yeah kind of just because like i it's always been a thing for me of listening to them growing up. Um, mm -hmm. It was like, Oh, I would love to work with them, but I'm not a games journalist. And it's like, that's not what I would be good at. Um, mm -hmm. So I never, I've never wanted to do something just to work with people. Like I want to work. Like, I guess I do want to work with people. I don't want to do something just to work with them because that feels like, does that benefit them? Um, and even now, I wouldn't have ran last year, even though it's like, I know I have skill set, the skill set to help on things, but I don't want to feel like a leech, I guess. I, understand. I, I don't want I, I don't want it to be a taking scenario. I want to be able to give as much as I can take. Um, I don't want to feel like they're doing me. I get, they would be doing me a favor, but I don't want to feel like they're doing <laughs> me too much of one. Like, I don't want this to just be 
the week where, okay, uh, this guy comes on and he doesn't do anything creatively and he's just on content for a week. It's like, okay, well, that's that's not good for the audience. That's not good for them. And what's the point of me doing it? Um, mm. And so it was finally this year of uh, like, okay, I know that I, I've done work for them for a year at that point. Like I, I can help them. And I understand this process now a little bit better from doing it myself a little bit. And I know mm -hmm. the different kinds of things I've worked on and being able to look at a project and see like, okay, this, I, I know what I can bring to it. Um, and not just the way of something that's always been a big thing for me is from the beginning when I got, when I decided like, okay, I'm going to go into creative industry um, instead of working in more sciences is mm -hmm. I don't want to work somewhere because I can do what they need to be done. I want to work somewhere because they want me. They like, I get that. Yeah. Like if it's something creative, it's like, okay, you hire someone. I want, I, I would like someone to hire me because they, they want what Cameron Kennedy can do. They don't want it. They don't want me because Cameron Kennedy can get this done. Like that just, it's a weird thing to explain, but I don't want it to be like, Oh, I see someone can run the board. So hire me because I can probably also run the board. It's like, okay, no, I want to go if I had the opportunity and learn for something like that. But if I did work somewhere, it's like, okay, the goal would be how can I help elevate in general? Right. How can I uh, help them grow? Um, you you want to be brought on because you know that they know by bringing, by bringing on Cameron Kennedy, it's going to elevate us to another level that we haven't been achieving before. Yeah, which I think like, which I don't want to... I, I, in small ways, I know I can do that. Um, mm -hmm. But I also think that uh, there's a lot of people that can do that, right? And so we'll see as they evolve if uh, how that process would end up going with like people where like I, someone where you look at it, it's like, okay, someone like, I personally think Snowbike Mike is very likely higher. Um, mm -hmm. And you can see in general how he benefits them, right? And right. But if, would it make sense for them to hire on someone who can just host content the same way like would you hire a second greg miller right. or would you hire a snowbike mike to benefit a greg miller i guess is a mm -hmm. example of putting it and that's kind of what i want is in general regardless of where i end up going with my career that's something i would like and I, they are a very specific example of i think where i see that being a possibility of somewhere mm -hmm. i could benefit from and i could also benefit yeah, I think that's I think it's wonderfully said, and I think it makes a lot of sense too. And and I say it almost every week that Greg himself said, with this new studio, they've got a lot of room, and they're going to be hiring as they find holes. Right. And I think you've made made a wonderful point on like you fill holes, right? Like you'll be able to help with the editing, help. Like I mean, being there face to face would make the intro editing and creation way easier. Right. And to be able to bounce off with those guys. So I, I think I think like you said, I think it it makes a lot of sense, and I think it's a very uh, possible thing to happen one day in the future it makes sense to me that's for sure thank you I, I i would love it but i also understand like okay i'm also i would be an immigrant at that point um and Fair. they have a lot of people who have done editing for them that are incredibly talented and probably make more sense in general um but it is like i i already have the opportunity to work with them and i would like to continue to grow that well if that, at the end of the day no one's taking that away from you whoever gets the up and comer you are still going to be doing those intros 100 <laughs> percent. like i i'm happy with what i have and i that's why it's like right. i don't i don't feel like it's something where i don't feel owed anything um and i right. feel like i've been given a lot which is nice yeah, I just, well, like you said this is just another opportunity for growth you know what i mean yeah 100 um yeah pretty much 
So are there any shows or any ideas you'd want to bring to your up and comer week? Yeah. So I've been very slow at actually campaigning because uh, every, so in, I thought it was going to be January was when the stuff would go on. And then they said like, mm-hmm. okay, no, not till me. I was like, okay, thank God I can take my time on this. And then every time I've gone, like I've recorded VO for my campaign thing a handful mm-hmm. of times. Uh, and then I get hit up on projects from them usually. And I'm like, okay, right. well my stuff I'm going to work on. It's like, okay, obviously I'm going to focus on this stuff instead. And it's like, that makes more sense to do. And so it's kept getting bumped a little bit until mm-hmm. eventually it was like, okay, well I'll work on it in April. And then I got, I think like six new projects from them. It's like, okay, this again makes more sense. But now it's like, okay, mm-hmm. like I said, like I have a couple of weeks before I think I'm probably going to get hit up with something again. It's like going to get this done now, actually get this campaign right. video out there. Um, and so the one, one of the, 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 the main thing I'm going to pitch because I, uh, I don't want to go in and dictate what their week is because I don't think that necessarily benefits them and their content. Mm-hmm. And I also don't think it's much of a learning process if you go in and choose what they do that week, I guess, completely. I like if I chose like five projects or something, or if I chose something that they're working on too much throughout the week, then I'm not really going to see what their week is like. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to actually learn from them. I'm going to, they, they be, learning at the same way I am if we're creating something just brand new together. Right. But on the other hand, uh, it would be a complete waste to not do a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. And so tentatively, um, the only thing I've planned, it would depend also once I heard from them, if I was, if, if that became a possibility and I heard from them like, okay, the time period it might be, then it would probably change a little bit of being able to add mm-hmm. on new projects. But the one I know definitively that I will be pitching is uh, I want to also when does this air? This will air probably like two weeks from now. Okay, cool. So I'll, it will be out there by then. Cool, because you're like, the first. I'll per- make sure I'll work with you to make sure they they pair well. You know what I mean? So like, oh, I yeah, can promote yeah. you on this. Oh, it's more so just like uh, I thought. Like, okay, crap. If this, if you for some reason had a sudden turnaround time, if like, oh, this goes up tomorrow, it's like, okay, this will be the first time people hear of this. <laughs> uh, because yeah, I haven't mentioned this to anyone, but I thought like, okay, what's the, exclusive? what's my way of showing like, okay, I can elevate a product and it's like, okay, well the best way to do that and the way to set no real expectations <laughs> is to choose their worst and this sounds like an insult, but it's obvious, uh, their worst show they've ever made and just bring it mm-hmm. back. So what I want to do is I want to make a one-off episode of a uh, Kevin and Greg eat a pizza okay <laughs> and just overly produce the hell out of it like before i get yeah. there create assets and things for it and plan it out and yeah bring it back in a very very different way than i think people would expect like I, i've had a week of even the way i was thinking i would do it a week ago mm-hmm. and before then has since changed and so i uh yeah have weird things in mind for that and i want to bring it back in the way of like not what someone expects and not something someone has an expectation on. And I think uh, because of that, when I leave, leave them with a piece of content and have it be like, okay, this is what was done that week. And not that, not that it's going to look good of like, oh, okay, this is the kind of stuff we can get from uh, working with him, but mm-hmm. just a, the most bizarre example of, what i can do different from what they already have i guess 
it that be makes an, sense. It'd be an ultimate flex of your skills. Like you'd be able to say like, hey, <laughs> yeah. in this one piece, you can see everything that I'm capable of. Yeah, because in general, like I've gone back and uh, rewatched it a couple of times recently. Mm-hmm. That episode they recorded, it's like, oh God, this is a hot mess. Um, and so I think that's the easiest one of, uh, it's also, it, it grabs people's attention. Um mm-hmm. Which is a good benefit of that, I think. Um, and that's the thing is, I had to look up like this felt like the kind of thing someone would pitch because it's a weird, it's the right level of. I don't want to say like showing that you're a fan, but like it's the right level of a uh, obscure mm-hmm. that someone would be like, "Oh, it's I got remember a deep that. enough cut." Yeah, it's it, it's it's I guess memey in that way of like, it's the kind of thing of like. It's it's an inside joke in the community a little bit. Yeah, that, that, it shows you know what you're talking about. You've yeah, been around a while, you know what's up. And I think because of that, there will be people who have been around that long that will be like, okay, I want to see this. And I think, I think even the because I'm gonna make an intro for it. Pretty much, it's just the thing mm-hmm. of like, okay, here's the taste. And I think just the visual I will put out there and the sound of it um, is, I'm hoping, intriguing. Um, it's weird. You definitely to get into piqued it. my interest. Because it's hard to get into because a little bit of like some of the the weird shit I've come up with has been, (laughs) it's legit not at all what I think someone would expect from it. And, (laughs) but that's also, it's the kind of thing of, I thought about uh, if I announced something people liked as well, and I want to completely change up what it was, then you also risk disappointing someone. (laughs) And it's also like, uh, I'm sure that they have no plans for that show anymore. So. Right, I think that's pretty safe safe bet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's long forgotten and something that uh yeah. I I I I have a lot of ideas in mind and I'll be disappointed if they don't go anywhere, but I think it's going to be it'll be fun. It'll, and it's fun to come yeah. up with and plan out already, so um yeah, that's the that's the main one and then obviously like throughout the week if it's like okay, well, if I did a if if there was a spoiler cast or if there was a uh a review episode of something or depending on what the week is, because who knows when not ever this would end up happening. Like, right. Especially with COVID now it's like, okay, well <laughs> when on earth would this go on in the first place? So, exactly. No, no, yeah. I feel yeah. Cause again, like you look at it and it's like, uh, I think when did Ble- was, did blessing come on during the week borderlands three came out or something? It was around there. I think it was, well, I remember there was the big event for the last of us two. Yeah. Right? And so I know Greg was gone for a while to do that stuff. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe it was originally, yeah. Like when there's things like that going on, like they're going to have possibly extra content they're going to want to do. And so you don't want to mm-hmm. over promise what your plans are for if you would get chosen. So that's kind of the right. thing right now. It's like, okay, this is something that I will push for. And then after that work with them from there to see like, okay, what fits into their week? That's awesome. Yeah. So well, Cameron, it has been fantastic talking to you i feel like we have learned all about you it's been wonderful uh where can people go to follow you and kind of keep up to date i can be found easiest places on twitter i am at cameron ken which is cameron and then first three letters of kennedy there you go yeah. nice <laughs> nice and neat uh, if people want to check out the uh fancy wolf podcast where can they go to do that the easiest way to do that is to go to uh, fancywolf.com that redirects directly to our YouTube page. You can also find us on audio services including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Uh, easiest way to find us on there is to either look up Fancy Wolf or Important Business. Uh, it's easier on some than others because there's sometimes algorithms in place that didn't think it through mm-hmm. are looking for business podcasts, but you can find us. You can finally find us on those mm-hmm. things yet. 
Awesome, awesome. I will make sure everyone that is in the description so you can go out and make sure you are keeping up to date with all the Cameron Kennedy content that you can consume. Again, I want to thank Cameron so much for taking the time out of his very busy schedule that we've just heard about to sit down and talk with me. Uh, that has been another episode of the Kind of Funny Up-and-Comer podcast, everyone. If you or anyone you know is running to be up-and-comer, please let me know. Uh, nothing's been said about like when the whole up-and-comer process is going to go about. So until we get more kind of concrete information, we'll keep doing this podcast and keep promoting people. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Josh Biddick, and I want to share your story as soon as I possibly can. Again, everyone, that's all I have for you. So as always, have fun, stay safe, and I'll see you next time.